We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Good morning. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. I'm still here in St. Louis, but it won't be long. (laughs) I'm I'm going to Minnesota. Trust me, I wasn't fibbing to you. Sure you are, Judge. Sure you are. (laughs) Well, we should tell everybody we're actually doing some shows in advance here, uh, with so we make sure that everything was working before I was off into the boonies of Minnesota, uh, and and I think we're getting it down. I, I got my stopwatch going here, so I know when when we're going to run out of time. Uh, and here's the other thing, uh, you know, Andy, that's the guy who's like the program director. There, oh yeah, and Andy Andy Bates here. So, so he was suggesting to to put a lot of pillows around you because that'll help uh, you know deaden the sound. You won't get a lot of echo and everything. Sure. And I thought. Why not do it from bed? <laughs> <laughs> There's pillows the pill- in bed. Easy enough. They're there. Big fluffy blankets and stuff. So I'm actually laying down. <sighs> Excuse me, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it sounds like retirement's really rough, John. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, I, this bed thing may not be the right avenue either because I think I just might fall asleep here. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, oh. it's just a half hour of John snoring. <laughs> well, okay, well, hey, it it, it, it could be worse. <laughs> it might be a regular episode. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Matt. So, yeah, so, John, you're, you're still in New Athens in your closet, right? Yep. Okay, yep, and yep, I'm that's still... That's actually where I'm at. I'm not laying in bed. You're okay. right. I'm still in the closet. Yeah. All right. Well, good. It'll keep you awake that way. Yep, yeah. Um, so we're doing, we're, we're going to finish up our little series on Revelation here, uh, uh, with doing Revelation chapter seven, because, uh, last week we had this vision of heaven. Uh, in fact, like we said, Dr. Brighton thinks this was a vision of what happened on Ascension Day when Jesus returned to heaven. But, but what was disturbing about that vision, Matt? What, what was missing from that vision we had in Revelation five? Well, you have pointed out it was us. Where are we yeah. in this vision? We, we've got we've got creatures. We've got uh, we've got twenty four elders. We've got uh, spirits. But but where are we? Yep. Yeah. God's there. The spirits are there. Uh, 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 the four living creatures. In fact, all creatures. I, I thought that was neat. We didn't really get a chance to talk about that. But to think that every creature on earth, all the bunnies, all the puppies, uh, you know, the deer, whatever, they were all saying amen. But but we weren't in there. Well, we just needed to read a little bit further. Okay. All right. So good now, news. Now, now in Revelation seven, we're all going to show up. So you want to start there? Well, let's start at verse nine. Okay. Uh, After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All right, so there we are. There we are. There it is, the great multitude uh, from every nation. Again, there it is, nation, tribe, people, and languages. Uh, We're all standing there before the throne. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Greek verbs. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, maybe you should just go back to your bed and start snoring. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, we don't. I hope we're not going to make other people snore with this. <laughs> There's no one here to but, poke me and wake me up, John. I'm by myself here in the studio. That's right. Well, I'm sorry. So if I hear you start to snore, I'll think, well, maybe I shouldn't have gone into Greek verbs. But 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 you know what a verb is, Matt. Everyone knows what yes. a verb is. It's, what is a verb? A verb is is an action word. So something's okay. happening, and it could be in the that, past or the present, the future. Well, see, now you're talking like a person that speaks English. Because <laughs> that's exactly the way English people think. We think about something happened in the past, the present, or the future, right? I, sure. I, 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 I was eating a pizza. I am eating a pizza. Hey, that actually sounds you're like... You're having pizza? pizza. Oh, no fair. Yeah. <laughs> we will eat pizzas. I'm not eating them, but we will eat them. But but see, the Greeks don't think that way. They don't think in terms of time. They think in terms of what kind of action. Uh, now, they do have a future tense, so I guess you, every language has to have a, a word, a way of talking about what's going to happen. But they don't really talk about the past. They, they have what they call an aorist tense, which is something that happened once, okay? That's the key thing about it. it it's a, it's a one-time thing. And then rather than having the present tense like we have, no, their present tense means something that's ongoing. It's continuing. So so like the uh, aorist is like a snapshot, and the present would be uh, a, a, a movie or something. See, it, it just continues. Um, and then they have a really neat, uh, this is my favorite uh, Greek tense. Uh, it's, it's called the... You, you have you a favorite fact, Greek tense? Don't you have a favorite Greek tense? I was going to ask you, which was your favorite? <laughs> we'll ask our listeners, what is yeah, their what's favorite their favorite? Greek yeah, tense? Yeah, let's, let's take a survey. <laughs> That's right. That's good. So please email Send us an email. <laughs> So, so the perfect is my favorite. Isn't there? Isn't there? People. Isn't there a pluperfect? There is. There's. There's that a lot of cool. difference. You've yeah, got participles yeah. and things like that oh, as well. Yeah. But, but I, I love the perfect because it's kind of a combination of the aorist and the present, which is it, it's something that happened. Okay, it's a, it's a it's a one time event that happened, and yet this event was so profound that it continues to affect things today. It continues to have an influence. And so whenever you run into a perfect in the Bible, it's like, ooh, what are they talking about? What happened that is continuing to, to impact people today? So I want to go through this text, and I want to point out to you some of the different uh, uh, tenses we have here, because it really makes a big difference in this picture of, of a great multitude uh, that no one could number. I, I so, still, so go back, okay. go back still, and look at the mul- I still, I don't. I still understand what, what pizza has to do with all this. Where does the I, I pizza come in? It's just I'm hungry. I just woke up. I haven't had breakfast yet. All right, all right. I'm okay, getting away from the text. Uh, so, so anyway, we've got the the uh, lamb there again, and we know who the lamb is. The lamb is Jesus, and and we're there, and we're there because we're what? What what has the lamb done for us that we can be there? Okay. How does it, how does it describe the, the multitude? They all have what? They all have white robes. They right, right, and, and the word there, clothed. Clothed in white yep, robes. Yep. Well, it's cool, first of all, because it's a, a passive. What, what do I mean when I say it's a passive verb, Matt? Well, that's something is acted upon them, right? So this multitude right, is, right. they have been clothed. They didn't clothe themselves, right? Someone else yeah. clothed them. That, and by the way, you should you should do a translation. Because <laughs> that's what it should have said. It should have have been clothed. 
because uh, it's not like they pulled on their own pants and put on their shirt. No, something has been put over them. In fact, the word clothed is just a cool word because it means to just throw something on someone, right? Like like you might, my, my, my father-in-law came in from Florida and when he came into Florida, from Florida, it was like 85 degrees down in Florida. And he came up here that weekend we had a few weeks ago. Remember when it was like in the 50s? Yeah, I remember. And so he gets off the plane in his shorts and his short sleeve shirts, and he's shivering. And I felt like, man, I just should take my coat off and just clothe him, put it around him. See, that's that's the whole idea of the word clothing. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. This isn't something we do. This is something that has been done to us. We have been clothed. And, of course, what are the white robes? What are we talking about there, Matt? I think that's pretty obvious. What have we been clothed with? Well, the righteousness of Christ. So, uh, you know, even in baptism, sometimes, you know, we give a, a little white robe to or a white, white cloth to someone if they're an infant or just as a remembrance of their baptism, uh, because that's that's where we're clothed in quite Christ's righteousness. And and see now, see, you and I, even though we're like uh, 60 miles apart, our minds are in sync. It's almost scary. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> even, it's penetrating Whoa. through the, the walls of your closet even. <laughs> That's right. John and Matt's mind are synced. Oh, what what will come from that? Well, because, see, it's in the perfect, this clothing. This is in the perfect. So whatever this thing is, this clothing, it, it happened a long time ago that this white robe uh, that we are clothed with. And, of course, right away we think about what? What, what happened a long time ago? Well, we think of... How, how do we get these white robes? How do they get to be white in the first well, place? Sure. Well, Christ's death on the cross, his, his blood shed for us, his resurrection from the dead. And then so, uh, so the, we receive the benefits the, in baptism, but yeah. Well, that's see, that's it. So yeah, Jesus made all those robes white. He had to have a, a lot of robes because we've got a great multitude, the Omega number. Man, what a cleaning business he has. <laughs> but but see, that's what I really thought was cool when you were talking about it, because immediately our mind goes to our baptism. That's where we got clothed with the white robes. He made them white on the cross, but then he clothed us with those white robes when we were baptized. Uh, and therefore, what do we cry out in verse 10, Matt? Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And doesn't that make perfect sense? What else would we be proclaiming? What else would we be crying out? What else would we be singing? Because we know, hey, we got these white robes on because Jesus Christ. He's the one. And God, the Father who sent him. That, that's where salvation all came from. So I just think it's cool that the clothing there is in the perfect, which reminds us now something happened before that we got the white robes. And, and I agree with you completely. It's Christ on the cross. And it, I thought it was neat that right away you went to baptism because, sure, that's where it happens. And, in yeah. fact, if you read on, in the text it talks about the the living waters which i think is a reference to baptism Let, let's move on here though verse 11 okay. verse 11 and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped god saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our god forever and ever amen so now we finally got the full picture of heaven. We're there. The living creatures are there. The elders are there. The angels are there. Uh, but then comes this really strange thing in verse 13 and 14. Okay. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And I'll he's, just stop there for a second. Okay. So, 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 Matt, I don't know. Again, I've got a theory, but, but do you have any thoughts? Why? Why this? Why this? Why does the elder ask John? And he knows John doesn't know. What, what's the 
purpose? Is there any sense in, in, in doing that? Why doesn't the elder just come and tell John who these people are? Yeah, I think uh, to teaching sense, I think even Jesus, he asks questions and, and people don't necessarily even know the answers. And, 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 and yet he still asks the question. And here, perhaps, it's the opportunity to teach and to show that, well, John doesn't know, as, as he admits, and it has to be revealed to him. Um, so just as those with the robes had to be clothed, so also that needs to be revealed uh, to John. And, the, oh, man, this is really getting scary because <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking, too. You, you, you said it. You you ask questions so people know that they don't know. Yeah. Right? And, 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 that happens and so to me a lot, John. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone, Matt. Oh, thanks. <laughs> we shared that. I get a lot of questions. I don't know. Uh, but, but, but it occurred to me, you know, that, that uh, we're elders, too, right? And we're pastors, and that's part of our task. To, to help people understand they really don't know. They, they need to have someone to teach them. I love the word you had, someone to reveal these things to them. Uh, people would not understand the book of Revelation if God had not sent pastors like you and me to teach them. Uh, it's a thing that touches my heart because I did it for 40 years in New Athens and, and Darmstadt, uh, and I'm not doing that anymore. But there's someone else who's come because God, God provides the teachers. He provides the pastors. In fact, he has to. That That's a necessary thing. So I agree with you. I think that's what it was. It was just to remind us all. We, we don't understand this. I, I love the phrase you use. It's got to be revealed to us. So let's see what the revelation is. What, who are these people in the white robes? Okay. Uh, pick up at verse 14. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. All right, so going back to those Greek verb tenses again, the ones coming out there is in the present. So this is something that is ongoing, uh, and certainly that is true. Um, Everybody that's listening to us right now, I'm sure, has some kind of tribulation, maybe minor or, or, or larger. Um, I know our dear friend Herb Miller, uh, we've talked about this. Uh, man, and it touches my heart because Herb, Herb is supposed to retire too. He was going to retire September yeah. 1st, and now he's got a brain tumor. And who knows what's going to happen, see? Um, and I'm just, I just want to remind everybody, if you got some problems or trials, don't think, oh, I, I guess I'm not longer, no longer part of the kingdom. Maybe God doesn't love me. No, no. If you're part of the multitude, you are coming out of the tribulation. That's, that's what it says. That's the present tense there. It's happening to all of us. Although uh, my thought would be, Matt, we're coming out. See, that's the thing. We're yeah. not staying there. We're not going to remain there. We're going to come out of the tribulation. Now, look at the second half, though. Here's the thing that really puzzled me, and I have an answer. I have an answer. It'll be interesting to see if, if, if you had a, a different thought or maybe the same thought. Because it says these, these that have come out of the tribulation are coming out. It's going on even as we speak. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And what bothers me about that verse, Matt, is those are in the aorist. Those are in something that's been done once. And what's even more troublesome, we're doing the thing. We're washing the robes. We're making them white. And I thought you Lutheran guys were telling me that it's God who did all of these things. Well, in fact, that's what the text said. Salvation belongs to the one on the throne and to the Lamb. Um, so, I don't know. I, I've got a theory. How, how, do you, how do you think about that? The fact that, that we're doing the washing and we're making them white. It is well. I, first of all, I think it's kind of a paradox, don't you think? I mean, they're being yep. made white. How in the blood, <laughs> right? Blood's not white. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the blood of the lamb, and so it's it's 
the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus, whose blood makes it white, makes it pure. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, going back to baptism, I mean, certainly uh, the one way to think about it is, um, you know, if someone comes to the waters of baptism or someone is brought like a child to the waters of baptism, and, uh, you know, certainly God is the one doing the work in baptism, but yet, yeah, you know, we, we're the ones coming to be baptized. Um, and in that sense, uh, yeah, our robes are being washed and, you know, we're kind of sort of doing the washing and it's ultimately God doing it. Um, yeah, it's it's when you think of, like you pointed out earlier, all this being done to us, it is kind of interesting to think about, okay, what's going on here if we're the ones doing it? What are your thoughts, John? So, well, so here's, here's, here's what occurred to me. And, and again, uh, and, and we are psychically linked. This is amazing. <laughs> if they thought putting us from a long distance would stop it, but no, no, we're because again, I, I was thinking about baptism. I was thinking about the white robes you you were talking about yeah. earlier. Not, sure, not, we don't have that practice in our church, but it is interesting. Usually, when they bring the babies to be baptized, that they're, they're they're dressed in white. And in fact, just uh, right before I retired, we had a baptism, and they brought the little boy in, and he was had this beautiful white little outfit on and everything. And so that's how it starts out, right? Uh, God clothes us in these beautiful white robes. Jesus made them white with his suffering and death on the cross. But what happens to kids, you've had kids, what happens? You dress them up, you put them in clean clothes for church, and what inevitably do they do, man? It doesn't take long. They're they're <laughs> off and, uh, yeah, discombobulated, and it's a mess. Yeah, and so we do the same thing. We had the beautiful white robe, and then, unfortunately, we turn around and sin and make it dirty. But it occurred to me what's going on in this text is exactly what we do as Christians. So we come to church, right? And we make confession that we've sinned in thought, word, and deed. And from there, we go to the blood of the Lamb. Literally, we go there to the altar for the blood and the body of the Lamb that has been given and shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. And then we're, we're white again. Uh, uh, so you're right. I think the operative word there is the blood of the Lamb. We understand we can get the robes dirty. We can't make them white, but we do know where to go. We do know where to go if we want the robes to be white, and that is uh, to to the Lamb, uh, to His body and blood, uh, in the church and in the Lord's Supper. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I mean, the blood of the Lamb is what's making it white, still, right, Jesus. But yet, we know where to go to get washed. We know to, like you said, to come to to baptism, to come to worship, to come to the Lord's Supper. We know where to go to get washed. And, and it occurs to me, I, I think people read Revelation as if it is a uh, picture of the future. And there are future things in there. In fact, we're going to sure. have some really tremendous future things in just a minute. Uh, but I think you need to realize it is also talking about what's happening here and now. Okay, so here and now we have tribulation, but here and now we also are getting our robes washed and we're making them white when we come to church, when we come to the sacrament, when we hear the word of God, just like we're doing now. Yeah, there's the blood of the lamb. That's what got us clean in the first place. And that's what will get us clean now. Um, let's go ahead and read the next verse, because I think this next verse is actually what's happening right here and now, even as you and I speak, and will certainly be happening tonight and tomorrow morning as people gather in church to worship. All right, verse 15. Uh, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no... Okay, I'm sorry, okay. I just wanted to stop there. Sure. So, so these, these again, these again, all of these here are in the present. These are ongoing things. 
Uh, and, and that's exactly what's happening. Uh, people right now are worshiping God as they, they listen to his word here on KFEO. Uh, we are serving him, aren't we, as we go out and we love our neighbor, and we do that day and night. So this verse 15, it's it's what's going on, even as you and I are speaking here in the church. But guess what happens with verse 16? The tense shifts. Okay, so future. To the future, exactly yeah. that. It's the future. So here's what the future holds for all of us. Okay. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So we need to remember this is in the future tense. So it's not to say these things are necessarily happening right here and now. In fact, this last verse about God wiping away their tears. Oh, man, it was hard, Matt. It was really, really hard to leave those two congregations. I just love those mm-hmm. people. And it was so sad to, to have to say goodbye. Um, but it is comforting to know that while we're still weeping here and we're still struggling with hunger and thirst, and man, the, the, the sun may not be striking me, but it's getting awful warm in this closet. <laughs> i got to find a different place. i got to work on this. Uh, but, but it's nice to know it's not always going to be that way. Uh, we may be in the tribulation, uh, but the time is coming when, no, no, it, it'll all be different. It'll all be different, and God will wipe away every tear from our eye. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought this is a beautiful text. It's nice to know that we're here, we're part of the text, and, and you got all your tenses there. So whatever Greek tense you li- you, you love, you've got it there. You, you've got the the things that are the constants, the presence. You got the tribulations, but you got the lamb uh, putting the robe on us. Uh, you know, we we we've got the 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 single things there that we're going to go to church and we're going to get our robes washed white. Uh, and the blood of the Lamb. Uh, and, and even better than that, we've got all these future promises about no hunger, no thirst. Uh, and, and you know what's cool about that, Matt? We can be sure of all these future promises because the Lamb is going to take care of it. He's the shepherd. It's not dependent upon us and our works. Uh, not that don't we we got service to do day and night. That's right. We got neighbors and people to love. But, but all these promises, especially about the... Uh, um, Wiping away the tears, that'll all be fulfilled because Jesus is our shepherd. Um, now, according to my uh, stopwatch, we got what about a minute and a half, two yeah, minutes? Yeah. Is that what you got? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you got any yeah. final concluding well, comments I, about this? I mean, the thing that strikes me too is, as you said, the lamb is there and he's at the he's in the middle of all this. I mean, he's the yeah, focal yeah. point. He's at the center. And you hear people talk about heaven and and this idea that you know heaven isn't heaven if Jesus wasn't there, right? Oh yeah. You know what's yeah. the point of heaven, uh, uh, of paradise if if the one who made it possible, the one who <laughs> whose blood makes our robes white, wasn't there? That's pointless. Um, and I, I think that's a good point that heaven isn't heaven without Jesus. But you know to take that a step further, you know you equated this scene and what's happening with uh, what happens in worship. And I think the same can be said. Worship isn't worship without Jesus, you know, that he's at the center of all that we do in worship, whether that's baptism or communion or the the, the reading of the word, Jesus is at the center. So whether in heaven or on earth, in worshiping, uh, you know, in heaven, in his presence or in, in, in our church, Jesus is always at the center. And isn't there, I'm thinking in my mind, isn't there a hymn verse that says that if, if Jesus were in hell, that's that's where we'd want to be. Yeah. We just want to be wherever Jesus is. 
Um, and I do want to remind all of our listeners that those the people will be worshiping this weekend, this this thing you just read, that is literally going to be fulfilled as you enter that place of worship. You're going to be going before the throne of God, uh, and, and the Lord Jesus is going to be present there. Uh, really, really present. So uh, anyway, All right. well, thank you, Matt. Uh, I, we're doing pretty good on this long distance, and hopefully the next time I talk to you, I will be in Minnesota. Oh, it'll be cooler there. I hear the closets are much cooler up north in Minnesota this time of year. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> you got to shovel the snow out, though. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs>